Hello, and welcome to the Anovia Conversation. I'm Steve Waltz. And I'm Jeff Pergelski. And I'm back from my first podcast since it was hijacked last time, Jeff. Uh, You got me back. I did. I did. That was uh, Holly and I had to... uh, had to do something while you're gone. You're almost never gone, so the opportunity doesn't present it. We had to jump when uh, when it did. But uh, who do we have with us today, Steve? We have Mark Rhodes from New View Strategies. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. So deeply thrilled and honored to be here. I miss seeing you guys at conferences. I know you have so much fun with your podcast, and I'm, I'm really thrilled to spend a few minutes with you. So thanks very much. Um, but Steve, I'm, I'm anxious to know, since your podcast was hijacked, how much did you have to pay in ransom to be back on? <laughs> yeah, usually when uh, Holly hijacks a podcast, uh, since her, she has an extended family, she gets a lot of listeners. So uh, when they look at the stats, they're like, we don't need Steve. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and they were extremely nice to me. I felt bad because when, when we hijacked it from Jeff, we, we weren't as nice. But that's another that's another one off. I'll see what I can do to, to help you set the record on this one. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it, Mark. So so uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's hear all about Steve and I. Of course, know you from your years in the channel. But uh, for those that aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, and what you're doing these days. Appreciate that. Uh, how long we have? About hour and a half, two hours? <laughs> wanna... you, well, Donovan has the record for longest uh, podcast, but Ooh, uh, I, but feel free. Feel I can't free take to. that away from him. But um, a lot of people that know me know I have no problem just talking for quite a while and uh, rambling on. Sometimes it even makes sense. But uh, so, yes, I'm Mark Rhodes, and I'm with New View Strategies. We are a partner who's not a partner, which confuses a lot of folks, and rightly so. Uh, We are also users of Business Central, of course, but what we do, our lot in life, is really to support and share the love of Business Central and NAP, and specifically for customers to improve what they do and how they use the system with the system they already have. So we technically are a partner, but we don't resell the product. We are not a value-added reseller like Anovia. We also do not have any applications like some of the add-on applications. We provide business process consulting and training and have been doing that for, uh, I think, about four years now. Me in particular, I've been a partner and a customer over the past several decades. And uh, most recently, before New View Strategies, I was the general manager with Dynamic Communities overseeing the NAV and BC user groups. And so that's how I've gotten introduced to this incredible community and gotten to know some great folks like Steve and Jeff and, uh, and the folks at Anovia and, and have enjoyed working with you all for, what, a decade now, I think it's been almost. So, um, yeah, there's where I'm at. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And, I, and I see your title is Chief Strategery Officer. I am in charge of strategery. <laughs> so so tell what does that mean, Mark? I, I was kind of curious when I saw your title. For, for our listeners of a certain generational group, they won't understand that reference, and I encourage you to go look it up because it's a good one. <laughs> and, um, you know, what, what does that mean? I have a hard time answering this one because, you know, as a smaller team, 
it's whatever's needed uh, to to help us, like I said, spread the love for BC and NAV. And so I I oversee our, our training program and how we structure our classes and run our classes. Uh, I participate quite a bit in the sales efforts, certainly in marketing. I've done website updates. I've done our social. Uh, I, I work with our new team members. I'm certainly uh, very much involved still with the community and our participation in that. So the conferences that we do and the support we give to the local user groups, it's really all over the board, which is which is a lot of fun. But when you have a to-do list of a thousand items and you don't feel like you ever get anywhere because there's so much on there, but it's a lot of fun. Great, Jeff. Yeah, you asked a good question earlier. You're on a roll. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> You're going to let me go. Well, actually, I sort of wanted to dive deeper into the uh, into into um, titles since we were asking Mark about his. And but I see that yours, Steve, is just customer engagement specialist. But that that doesn't seem to uh, do you justice in our organization. So um, you need a you need like 17 words. Mine, I think, is um, pre-sales. What am I? Senior pre-sales and licensing specialist, and then in parentheses it says and podcast host with Steve. Um, <laughs> doesn't really say that, but uh, all right. So, so you you mentioned that uh, what you do at Newview um, as an organization, not you personally, maybe, but also maybe, um, is that your um, your training and in, in consulting and business processes. I guess, um, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges to to BC yeah. users in that space? Um, I know that I'll just throw my two cents in that um, yeah. we see a lot of times where where the um, people uh, tend to uh, avoid training. You know, when we've got a budget for an implementation project, they're like, uh, let's see, uh, we, yeah. we don't have quite enough to do it all. Where can we cut? And, and it's like, it seems like training is one of the first things that gets axed. Always. Um, so you guys uh, deal with that on a uh, weekly, oh, monthly, daily basis? Just I've lost years off my life talking about that. I, I Before I dive into one of my favorite topics, though, and you hit right, right on it, I, I just got to throw this proposal out there. Steve Waltz, CES. It sounds like a TV show, right? Some sort of crime show. <laughs> I think we can make a go of that. Maybe we could write up a script, send it into someplace, Netflix probably, right? Oh yeah, he's got. He's like a. He's quite a handsome guy too. I can see. Oh, well, thank you. gosh, Jeff. I'm at the buy him something new now. And you know when we got when all the officers got new titles, I told our CEO Alan. I said, I, I, you know, I, I have my new title. He goes, What's that? I go, CBO. He goes, What's that? Chief Bamboozling Officer. <laughs> Bamboo there's no bamboozling on this podcast. There's, there's a, yeah. There's a so just real quick story when I when I first met my wife, I was selling cars. I was out of school, changed my major from accounting to, to business during a recession, right before the stock market crash of 87. I'm aging myself here. Ooh. And I meet her mom for the first time. Hi, Linda. Um, and so uh, they're watching Scrabble. On, uh, we're watching on TV. And the phrase was, car salesmen tend to do this. And her mom, her mom's like staring at me, right? And the word was bamboozle. <laughs> like, I'm here, I'm going to bamboozle your daughter. <laughs> you're, you're just lucky that it wasn't, uh, it started with a B and it didn't have an, and it had an S in there maybe. Or, yeah, yeah. No but that's what I would have guessed as terms of what car salesmen do. All right, nice. now, Steve, please. Family-friendly like, term. For, yeah. Yes, let, like, Steve, let's, let's let Mark um, 
speak on this podcast. I can't remember. What was my question again? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to have to have Steve talk about his car salesman days at some point, too, right? That's got to be a source of some great stories. All right. Not to get any further off track. Yeah, let's talk about training. Uh, I don't know if you saw my expression in the, in the crestfallen and how my shoulders slumped, Jeff, when you talked about, you know, it's one of the first things that gets cut in a project. And it's it's fascinating to me and it's fun and it's disappointing all at the same time that we, we've gone through decades of this happening and it still happens. Right. And you, you, you kind of understand it uh, from a. You know, there's the reality of business, right? You, you only have a certain amount of time to get a, a, a new system in. You got to keep the business running at the same time, right? You're looking for the most efficient way to get it done. Yet, you guys know this, so you can, hopefully you can back me up on it, right? The, the top two reasons implementations fail, right? Lack of training, lack of testing, right? And so very, very tightly integrated. Uh, and for me, it really always comes back to take a big, big step back take a look at your training approach, your training culture, your continuous learning culture at an organization. You spend so much of your time and money in your employees and in systems, right? And why wouldn't you wanna optimize your investment? Classic kind of MBA approach to it, right? If you're gonna invest the money, why not look for the highest return you can get out of it? And why not spend a little bit more to get a whole lot more return? You're already in it for a lot of money. Why not add a little bit more there? Make sure that you go all the way to make sure that the employees know how to use the system and and can take full advantage of it, right? And, And then fostering that culture as well, where they're encouraged to experiment, to learn, to investigate, to try to improve. It makes zero sense to me to put a system in, train them up once, and then assume everything's going to get better magically, right? It just doesn't happen unless you put some effort into it. That's like, that's how life works. And so that's always interesting to me. If you if you take an honest assessment, what what percentage of, a common, common analogy is what percentage of uh, revenues do you spend on marketing, right? They're, they're, that's changed substantially over the past couple of years. Marketing has become so much more important, right? We've moved to from a from a sales oriented type of approach to a very heavy you know, marketing front end type of approach. And there's a benchmark for your industry out there about how much you should be spending on marketing. You should look at learning the same way, because again, you should be optimizing that asset that you already have with just a little bit more investment and making sure you're fostering that culture. So. That, that's a that's a long-winded circle, but that's that's my approach and why I'm so passionate about it. Um, we we find that there's there's different situations and we have different approaches for those different situations. But bottom line, figure out what works for an organization's culture and where they're at with their systems. So. You know, we certainly like doing training ahead of time so that the, 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 the folks feel prepared as they're getting ready to go live with their system. But guess what? They're going to forget things. Um, they don't know how to use the system the best to their abilities and for their organization when they first go live. Right. There's there's ongoing adaptation that happens. Right. So why would you stop training right at go live? 
really needs to be continuous, continuous process. And we put um, we put a lot of work into this as well because training adults is a is a science unto itself. The research into uh, training adults it goes back 140 or 150 years. Uh, Erman Ebbinghaus first uh, put out the forgetting curve in the 1880s that at that point, and I have a great way of measuring this, but basically said, you know, 80% of what adults learn, they're going to forget in 30 days. And if you think about it, what can you remember from 30 days ago, right? Not very much. Mm. You certainly can't remember many details, right? And so, you know, when people get trained, they're going to remember what they can use on a daily basis, and they're going to forget a whole lot as well. So we really push for refresher training, do regular updates. Um, Holly Kudel, one of your own, right? She used to do lunch and learns at, at her old company, right? Very successful concept with that. Get everybody together once a week, just share, hey, here's something I learned about the system this week. Here's something, an opportunity I saw in terms of how we could use the system better, you know, for this particular process. Um, those things are so critical. And again, continue to, to improve the ROI that you have, you know, in that asset that you already own. So there's there's a lot that goes into that. But we're, like I said, big fans of that ongoing refresher training. And, um, you know, some sometimes a company realizes, gosh, it's been a, quite a while. My team has fallen into a rut. Let's lift them out. Let's let's really open up their minds and we'll put them through a whole boot camp. And we can talk a little bit more about our private training in a minute, but we'll put them through the whole boot camp. Sometimes it's a particular topic, right? Hey, I know that we're not using all we can with the, you know, the account schedules and the financial reporting capabilities in Business Central. So we've got those classes too. We've got 65 classes to pick from. So, you know, wherever a company's at with their particular use, we can we can meet them with that. You know, one thing that you said stood out, and you said it multiple times. You said the word investment. Yeah, he said, he said asset, uh -huh. and the conversations that I have, and you know, we have as a company, but with either our customers or people in the user groups, you know. And one question I ask a lot is, how do you view your ERP system? Is it an investment or expense? Yeah, right, right. And very know, telling. And it is because everybody wants to say investment. Yeah, and most do, but you know, there's that mindset to where, well, like you said, does this get installed? Um, you know, get them trained and, and then go. It's not a zero sum game. It's, you know, it's like we talk about the capabilities of your smartphone. Like, my gosh, I was watching a YouTube video and all these shortcuts. I'm like, <laughs> I had no idea that it had the capabilities. Right. That. And, you know, the neat thing is, is that uh, having conversations with, with end users uh, is that, you know, especially if you have an older system, mm -hmm. they might have bought the system 10 years ago. And those people that actually scoped out the project or got the original training aren't even there. Oh, yeah. I didn't even touch on brain drain. Yeah, exactly. And so if they created workarounds, now right. you got a new person coming in there. So, you know, a question I always had is, and, and you know, is, is, is talking about that training. I mean, what are, what are, you know, how do you open up conversations with those that they reach out to you saying, okay, you know, we, we, we need help with this. I mean, I'm assuming the conversation could be, let's, Let's get a really, you know, let's find out where you're at because they might think they need training here, but you just in that conversation opens up. You're like, whoa, they need training in a lot of areas. 
And it's, well, it's always the case, right? It's, uh, it's very seldom that it's that refined. Um, so a couple different ways, but you know, it, it brings to mind our, our short company description that we have on our homepage. Uh, the very first sentence is we work with frustrated NAV and BC users, right? Because that's typically what happens is um, th they get to the point, they don't understand how to use the system. So guess what? They either get frustrated, they're using workarounds. Now you're circumventing again, that whole investment you've made in, in the system instead of optimizing it, making it efficient, focusing on value-added activities, yeah. So in terms of the scoping and so forth, it's uh, it really is an art because again, um, if the company is very wired as a learning a learning culture, right, and they're doing ongoing training, that's one thing. If they haven't invested in training in a long time, then it's a okay. What's the area of highest need? <laughs> let's let's attack that first, right? Let's uh, let's go for an eighty twenty on that and try to try to get them over a few humps to to make a big difference right away, and then start chipping away from there. So. Um, a lot of times we're talking to a CFO, right? Uh, because one, because of our just our, our background, right? Um, one of our founders is a former controller, Microsoft MVP, Carrie Peters. And she, of course, knows the finance processes and how Business Central can support that. So a lot of times we're talking about finance processes. And often you can make a few tweaks and save days of time every month. So that's that's a beautiful thing about Business Central. Um, and then a lot of times we're talking about, of course, operations. Our other uh, founder, Kim Congleton, uh, decades in supply chain and uh, in particular warehouse uh, operations. There again, you can make a few changes and make significant differences. And you know, Business Central is a, a beautiful tool for, for a lot of different areas, including those. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if I could, and that was a, my awesome was a nod to Steve there. Everyone <laughs> always is. Um, so the, uh, I guess one of my questions, do you have any, any special tools that you use in, in terms of training that you find um, Ooh, yeah. sort of specializes for the adult um, learning environment that you're working in? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question because, it, you know, I touched on our inclusion of adult learning principles uh, into our approach. And um, not that it's not productive, but a lot of times folks think that, well, if somebody knows the software, they're going to make a good trainer and they can train effectively. And that is, is not the case, right? Those are, there's two very different things, knowing how to do something and then being able to train on it. Very, very different. And so we incorporate, again, a lot of adult learning principles in terms of our approach how we structure the classes, and I'll, I'll talk in particular, oh, we had to, with, with this past year, we used to do all our classes in person. And teaching in person and then teaching virtually uh, 180 degrees, we had to break down all our classes and reconstruct them to work in a virtual format. So I'll give you a particular example. You know, in, in person, you can teach eight hours a day, you can lecture for longer, uh, you can do more lecture at a time. You can incorporate courses, small group activities, right? It's a very different flow to the day. Now for virtual, we've moved to where we're going to do a demo. We're, we'll do one or two slides, then we're gonna do a demo for about 15, maybe, maybe 20 minutes. Then we do hands-on exercises for about 15 minutes or so. We really do 
uh, try to even out the amount of time that we're doing instruction, formal instruction, and that hands-on time. Because that hands-on time, that's where you really do learn, right? You get to experiment. Everybody gets their own individual training environment. You get to play with it. You get to make mistakes. And then we debrief from that. So we'll take a look at what people have done, have them explain it, you know, talk about, hey, that was a good thing. Here's something you missed, you know, and go through that. And, of course, in a virtual environment, you know, four hours in a training class during a day, that is as much as people can handle, period. We just won't go past four hours because forget about it. It's useless. So really, really different uh, formats in terms of doing that. So we spend a lot of time in hands-on exercises. We've got uh, – we really incorporate gamification to, to make it fun. Still try to foster that networking as much as we can in the class, which is, again, tough in the virtual environment. We're all trying to be on webcams and get to know each other a little bit. Um, and we do a lot of you know checkpoints as we're moving through as well. So those are just some of the things that, that we work on. Um, this past class we just did, Controller Foundation Boot Camp at the end of March. Yeah. We actually did some one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions afterwards because we realized, right, when you go to a training class in person, you, you get those breaks where you can go to the instructor and say, hey, you know, this, we've got this weird situation at my company on my team here, and we've been struggling with this, right? And in five minutes, you can really turn on some light bulbs. So we set up these individual coaching sessions after the class to, to foster those same kind of discussions because otherwise they don't have that opportunity. So it's been... It's been challenging, as you guys know, but we really have enjoyed that challenge and being able to reorchestrate, you know, our approach to it. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's a uh, another question I had, and um, this could yeah. be for Steve as well. Um, what do you think of the percentage of of people that that we're all working with that have been through an ERP implementation in their life? Like it, it you know, I, because for me, um, as a demo resource. I can tell the people on the demo who are asking questions. Um, I can tell the ones that have been through an implementation right. before. And it seems to me right. like it's maybe 25 or 30%, but I'm just wondering what to, what you guys think. Because as I'm thinking about the you know <clears throat> decisions that are made in, in terms of the budgeting process and all, like how, how someone who's been through an implementation before would realize the value of training more so than than someone who didn't. So just curious as to percentages if uh, um, I don't know Steve have we uh, have we been involved in an ERP implementation at uh, Inovia I think we've been blessed not to have uh, <laughs> it's dangerous to even mention that thought I think <laughs> well, they're, well they're mapping out they're doing process mapping now for you know a, a new system but haven't, I haven't been through one well wait a second we've kind of been through a, a CRM implementation that oh, CRM yep. we went to oh. from ConnectWise, which is more ticketing, but also we do run Business Central and we got to create stuff and through there. So, but you know, it's so similar to NAV that it was, you know, that was an easy transition. So I don't know if that counts, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So, what do you think, though? With I know you are um, working with uh, as as you know, uh, um, someone who's prospecting for um, for new people to help. Uh, your what do you think your uh, um, the percentage breakdown of your customers are in that, or your the prospects you're working with? How many of them have been through an ERP yeah. implementation? You hit right on it there, Jeff. Um, honestly, I have no idea from a percentage standpoint, but you're 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 absolutely correct. Those who have been through it, they either know 
why it was a success because they spent enough time in training and testing and the, and everybody feels comfortable and they've they, they feel comfortable with how how to get their jobs done day one and you've flushed out all the issues or it, you know a good really good portion of them or they've been part of a not good implementation and that's exactly the same for the same reason so um yeah market difference and it, you, you guys will resonate with this when when i was doing consulting before the thing that always drove me nuts is um you know folks would pay a lot of money to have me help them right with uh, this implementation or whatever project i was working on and would provide them advice and based on many many experiences and many projects and then they say no we're going to do it differently <laughs> without any real reason other than we're just we're you know we're just watching our budget kind of thing right uh, there's the reality of the numbers of course but don't spend all that money for an expert opinion and then just completely ignore it. I just, that never made any sense to me. <laughs> so that's, that's a good point. Cause we yeah. actually, when D365 first came out mm -hmm. and Microsoft being the marketing machine that they are, <clears throat> it's just like QuickBooks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's right. really not like QuickBooks. You know, it's right. a complicated animal, it's an ERP system. Yeah. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we tried to kind of go into that market, but they all wanted to cut the training and they just thought, you know, they wouldn't need that much training. And it was it was it got difficult because, you know, we charge for our training and they didn't want to pay for it. They thought it yeah. should be part of the yeah. software. And it's like, well, this is QuickBooks. And, you know, just those conversations were, were, were kind of tough. And when, you know, we've actually have turned folks away that want to do just, a, you know, just install we're like well you, you need this and they're saying no right. we don't need it. we're like we might not be a good fit for you because yeah. Yeah. it's not going to be pretty and you know it's uh you know having those conversations with uh potential customers or mm -hmm. people that have um you know the mark the biggest when i heard this when 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 tom brought me on that 30 percent of all customers in the united states that use nav or business central change partners on an annual basis right i was in shock Right. And, and Microsoft even said that number might be low, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, is right. it's kind of scary. And but the biggest pain point I heard outside of my partner doesn't call me back is lack of training. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, that's how we got in that conversation about, well, you know, how, how do you how do you view training? You know, is it, it, yeah. it first off, it's, it's not only a necessity, but when, when Jeff, you made a comment about if they're new to ERP, they might think there's only one way of doing this or doing that. And it could be multiple. Well, there are multiple ways of doing it. With it's just so, about everything. Yeah, yeah. It's about everything. And so, you know, yeah. then they're like, well, why do I have to invest in, you know, discovery of these, these conversations? Well, aren't you trying to automate and improve your processes? And I'm sure a lot of those, do you have a lot of those process conversations when you get into the training? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And um, I, I'm just, I'm going back to your, your, um, quote there in terms of, you know, the, the partner churn and everything else. And I did, a I did when I was back with Dynamic Communities one year for a conference, I did a, a big survey relative to the partner client relationship. And it was very interesting how that particular point came out. And, and guess what? How many customers were so much happier with their second partner, right? And why is that? Because 
you know, back to Jeff's point, once you've been through an implementation, you understand and you know, right? You know what to ask, you know what's important. It's the same with the with the clients. You know, they they get to the point, they get frustrated. And it's always on both sides. Always. That's just the way it works. It's always on both sides. But once they get to a second partner, now they know more how to work with the partner and they know what they're looking for and what to ask and 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 how to get more out of that relationship. So they're always happier, which is it's a shame that that has to happen for that to go that way. So, um, yeah, I love talking about that that topic, but that's that we can get into that in another conversation, hopefully. So if you were knowing what you know now. Yeah. Let's say there's a CEO or CFO out there and they're getting ready to go to a, an implementation of BC. How would you coach them if you were an outside consultant? with no skin in the game to say, look, do you want this to be successful? This is what you should do. What would you tell them? Um, probably spend about 50% of your time on training and testing. That's number one. That's a big number. The best implementation I've ever been a part of was such a joy. It was such a fun project. And it was solely because of that. Um, and and I, I got to tell you, it's all, it's just all about that investment, right? You, it's pay me now or pay me later, period. The people have to learn the system. So do you want them to, to get comfortable with it, you know, during when it doesn't matter, when it's not going to hold up production, when you are not going to stop sending out orders? Or do you want it to happen in a live environment when you're under the gun and, and boxes are stacking up in the warehouse? I mean, take your pick, right? And so uh, when it's a safe environment, you have the opportunity to, to make changes and adapt your business processes and all of those things, take the time to do it. Do you know that number was that big, Jeff? I was thinking 25%. <laughs> right. Well, um, thankfully, I'm not involved in the uh, budgeting side. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just have to show the, the software. But that was, you know, a, another question I guess I had for Mark in terms of when you're engaging with um, or or for our, you know, listeners who are thinking about, you know, I think every organization probably in some aspect needs needs some training. But are there things that they can do to prepare for training, um, you know, before they uh, before you you get them in, in a class, whether that's virtual or, or in person, um, yeah. what can they do to, to kind yeah. of um, prepare their, the users and uh, for, yeah. for getting the most out of it? Yeah. Great, great question there. You know, since we've been talking mostly about implementations, I think about that, but really there's not much of a difference. It, it applies anytime. It's just, it's, um, it's a little bit of homework beforehand. Uh, in terms of thinking about really what are your personal objectives and not like, you know, I want to become a better person type of person, but, you know, I'm struggling with these types of process or I'd like us to, to achieve this or, you know, I'd like to streamline our, you know, our month end close, for example, right? You, you think about what those objectives are for the training and for your involvement in the training. Share those with the instructor because if they don't know what you're after, it's hard for them to gear the the discussion and the activities around that. So share that. And then by all means, be present, right? We, um, when we're in person, um, we make a huge deal about this. We say, please, please, please turn your phone off, close your email, tell the office you are not available. 
we're going to have scheduled breaks at this time, at this time, at this time, and we give them plenty of breaks uh, during during the day. Deal with email and everything else that you you have to, right? That's the reality of it. But deal with it then. When you're in class, be there, be present, be focused, be thinking about what's going on, be thinking about how to apply that to your team and to your business processes, right? And same for virtual. We do structure it that way. Of course, it's, you know, I can't tell you how many conferences I've been trying to watch a full session, right? And I'm still getting pulled away because you're sitting in front of your computer, of course. But if you're going to half invest the time, invest all the time, make sure that you're really mentally present and get more out of it. So, um, and then I'd say do the follow-up too, right? Uh, don't go to training and then just go back to how you've been doing things, right? Make notes, take, do some takeaways, write down those ideas, get back and talk with your team about it. Hey, what if we did it this way? Let's look at this. Go ahead and share some of your learnings. Hey, here's a shortcut I discovered, you know, and, and have the follow-up. Because um, again, why else are you doing it? You know, the Internet has really provided a lot of resources. And when when I'm talking with uh, either our customers or prospective ones, I'm like, do you mm-hmm. know, there's a Dynamics YouTube channel that Microsoft has. Right. And a lot of them are like, no. And I'm like, the amount of, you know, videos out there that now you have, you know, docs at Microsoft.com, right, where, it, you know, customer sources kind of going by the wayside. Mm-hmm. But the amount of information out there, and and why I brought that up is is what you just said. Yeah. It's it's not a one and done. Right. It's look. Right. It's it's that mindset of, uh, are you going to be you know if if you have the mindset of being a lifelong learner, that you know in getting content and you know change management. The first time I went through change management, you know I you used to realize that some people will just fight it to the death. I mean they they're just they don't want to change. Mm-hmm. You know. This is the way it's going to be. Work around right. it. That's just right. the way it is. <laughs> Not that they're affiliated with the owner of the company or anything, uh, but uh, you know, it, it could cause those. It could cause those issues. And do, I mean, do you guys coach that at all when you're talking with your customers? You know, you, you know, your approach sounds like you do. You're very structured. It sounds like it's mm-hmm. great. You know, and, and and you know, when you're, you know, I'm the mindset too. Where my one, I told my wife, I said, if I'm going, I don't want to go to a restaurant and be restricted. And, you know, like, oh, you know, I think of my brother, like, oh, I'm not spending that buck on a cheeseburger. I'm like, well, don't go to the restaurant. <laughs> right? You know, when you're there, I'm going to get what I want. Right. right. And the, the mindset is, 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 you know, when you're involved, like in your training class, uh-huh. you know, you, you, I guess coaching them, you know, post training. Right. Do you, are you pointing them to other resources? How does that work? Yeah. So quite a few thoughts around that. Um, absolutely. Got to got to equip them after the fact. And so um, every time we're we're pointing them to additional resources. Um, frankly, we love handing out resources, tools, checklists, spreadsheets, anything that we can so that they have that to reference back to. And of course, they get copies of all the slides we go through, the, the hands-on exercises, everything that we go through in class, they get copies of all, all that. And, you know, in particular, one is just a memory mechanism, right? Because if the, the more you have to look back on, the more that's going to help you retain that over the long haul. And, um, you know, a little bit selfishly, people really, really like that, right? So why wouldn't we provide that for them and just makes their, their experience all that much better? So... There, there's there's not only that there's um, just the 
really the follow on. And again, this just really circles back to the continuous learning point. Um, just fostering that culture of making it a regular thing. And it's interesting, I mentioned private training earlier, and, and let me circle back to that real quick. Um, we, we saw a dramatic shift in people's approach to training over the past year. You know, uh, very traditionally, it's been, a, oh, for somebody who values training, for a company who values training, okay, everybody put a training plan together, what do you want to do this year? You know, and they kind of look into the future and they kind of plan that out. Then everything changed and we went from nobody was going to schedule anything that far out to all of a sudden we have an immediate need and we need the class starting tomorrow kind of thing. And so we went to a from a very big public schedule to doing a lot of training as private training for a team or for a company. And it was just such a dramatic shift last year. It was very, very interesting. So we're still doing a lot of training. It's just in a very different format or or from a a different perspective, really. Um, Now I see that easing back a little bit to where people are starting to plan out a little bit and we're, we're able to put that schedule out a little bit. So it's been a, that's been an interesting transition over the past year. And I think we're kind of settling in the middle there, which is nice. And, and yeah. speaking of class, I know you're doing a, you doing a security class for us. We are doing a security class. Yeah. That's another thought. Um, I'm talking a lot about implementations. You know, you guys have always heard about the infamous phase two list, right? That would be another statistic, Jeff, to, to see how many phase two lists actually get done. What do, what do you guys think? Like three <laughs> percent, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of phase two lists because, frankly, you can't do everything, or you don't want to do everything as part of an implementation that you ever want to accomplish with the system. That's crazy, right? So, yeah, put it on the phase two list. But then, yeah, I got to get back to the phase two list, and that's something that we have been doing more and more as well as helping companies get to their phase two list because it's a very pointed all right, we want to focus on this particular area and get this knocked out, right? And we like doing milestone-based approaches. And training is a heavy element into that as well. So we like knocking those down. So this class we have coming up is is security and permissions in Business Central. And it is June 8th, if my memory serves. I don't know if you guys have the date handy, but I think it's June 8th. And uh, advertised on the Anovia training workshops list there. So go check that out. But what a perfect phase two item, right? Security is never right out of the gate. It's just, it's hard to do because you're not really comfortable with how all, everything in the system works and that what, what everybody needs access to or doesn't need access to, you know, right from the get-go. So you always, you always uh, get it close enough and then you put it on the phase two list to come back to and so many companies don't. And we're finding more and more, especially this past year in the virtual environment, a lot of companies are at a big risk because they don't know who's got access to what and should they or shouldn't they. And, you know, all the bad things that can happen, not necessarily, you know, loss of money and and other kind of criminal activity, although, of course, that can happen. Um, We've got some stories to share on that, but just people making inadvertent mistakes that cause, you know, downstream effects that can cause, you know, a couple hours to fix, right? That's that's not necessary. So we've seen a huge demand this past year 
for our security and permissions class. And so, yeah, uh, grateful to be partnering with Anovia on that and to offer that class up. Um, great class to go through in terms of understanding the right way how to use the tools within Business Central very effectively and talking about resources. We've developed this checklist that really simplifies the approach because if you go with the Microsoft permission sets that come out of the box, they're not going to be right. And there's like 80 of them. I forget how many. There's a lot of them. It's hard to make heads or tails of it. So we've got this spreadsheet that we walk through how to figure out who needs what as an initial going in position, how to use the permissions recorder to, to, to fine tune that and, and update that. So, uh, yeah, I hope people can take advantage of that class. Well, it's, it's good to hear. You know, yeah. most people, when they invest in securities, when something bad's happened, it's, it's one of those things you want to be right. kind of proactive on, right? And, it, you know, I can't tell you, and, and, and Jeff probably sees it more than, than I do, uh, when we onboard a customer, how many of their all their users have super user rights? And you're, you're like, this person can see anything they want. You, do you know that? <laughs> they can. <laughs> yeah. so, so scary, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh. They can change pricing, change credit limits. Like, yeah, they uh, they can have uh, they can have full. It, oftentimes, when I'm in the um, demoing business central i will touch on uh, you know we'll go um i'll show them you know business central has this robust security and permissions um infrastructure and and it, but uh, i don't you know go all the way into telling them that you could spend you know 40 hours a week just maintaining that to get your people to you know to do the um to have just the right amount of access to the system so they can do their job, but they, you know, can't, uh, they don't need to, they don't access anything that they don't necessarily need to. And I know there's some ISV products that help in that, but I think we're all about empowering, you know, end users to get as much out of the system as they can. So certainly right. taking advantage of, of learning themselves um, how to use the tools that Microsoft gives them is, is a, you know, aligns well with, uh, with our philosophy on that. You hit on a great point there, Jeff, because Microsoft has invested in that particular area over the past few versions, right? And, you know, that's another, um, you know, just, a, I don't know if it's so far as a pet peeve, but, you know, Microsoft continues to invest a lot of money in this product, right? They continue to enhance it. For an average company, who's in charge of going in and figuring out what are the new enhancements, the new features and functions with a new release, and what, what is good for the company, what applies to the company, right? I, I don't hear of many positions like that or those kind of activities. So again, you know, continuing to improve your return out of that investment, uh, you have new functionality, nobody knows about it there, you're not taking advantage of it. The, again, continuous learning culture, figure out you know, Microsoft makes it pretty easy. They, they issue those release notes. There's, we do a bunch of articles and podcasts and so forth every time a new release comes out. A bunch of partners do. Just invest a little time, figure out what's new and what you can take advantage of and, and get the team trained up on that. Great. It's a good topic for a podcast, Jeff. I think, we, you know, because yeah. we've actually, you know, we're investing more on, uh, on educating our customers on security. And I know we're coming up on the time here and we do have a coupon code for 10% off for the uh, yeah. training course. And the neat thing is, is when we do a training course, 
the fee is not per person, it's per company. So you can get multiple people on it. So all you need to do is reach out to your account manager or if you're an OBIA customer, and they'll get you that coupon, or you can reach out to Jeff or I, and we'll make sure Angie sends you a coupon code for that. Uh, we're excited that that's coming up. Yeah. And I, I think uh, coming up on the time here, Jeff, any other questions you have for Mark before we let him go? Uh, let's see. I've got a trivia question. Um, so oh. you're, a, you're a Florida Gator guy, right? I am. So, so how many teams um, – uh, how many, I should say, universities, oh, look, at there you go, um, uh, had more draft picks in uh, just this past weekend's draft than the Florida Gators? How, how many universities had more draft picks in the, in the what was it, three in, or four rounds of the draft? Yeah. Had more, um, three. Really, really, really good. But um, the answer is four. So I will give you uh, I'll give you uh, some bonus points there. Um, Steve, guess how many guess how many draft picks they had from um, your alma mater? The same amount as Michigan State. <laughs> Michigan State didn't have any. Wow. No. Bowling. <laughs> Come on. Even, my, even like my Badgers had four. Um, Florida had eight and there were uh, it was Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame and Georgia that had either 10 or nine draftees. So. Georgia. Wow. I missed that. I, it's hard for me to see Georgia. So, you know, I, <laughs> and, and I thought my Bears killed the draft. And mm. the same day, Aaron Rodgers said he's not playing for the Packers. That's a that's a sore subject for Jeff. I'm assuming. But my gosh, <laughs> the fact that the Bears could have the best quarterback in mm-hmm. the division. Thought I'd never lived to that day, and I heard they're changing the name from Soldier Field to Soldier Fields. Ah, that's, right. that's, anyway, that's for the quarterback they took. So that, why, why is that? Oh, they, because it's just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Field, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Half the people call it Soldiers Fields anyway. And uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, anyway, Mark, you can find uh, information about New View uh, on our website under our ISV partners. And Mark, uh, your email is Mark at Get Your New View. Is that correct? That kind? Get your new view. That's right. I think you should put a get your new view on. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I better go see if that's available. And then you have to say it a little differently, like with a little more swagger or something, but uh, get your new view on. Well, we'll see a theme song building and everything. So, yes, we, we, we appreciate you uh, joining us. And, um, Steve, anything else to close us out? Any final uh, besides thoughts? Looking forward to seeing you at a, an actual live event. That'll be exciting. Uh, I always th- every time I every time I see, I think of the Burn Steakhouse. That was a fun night. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> yes and, let's uh, go back to Burns. Let's go back to Burns. So, well, Mark, thank you very much. And your yeah. website address is is it newviewstrategies.com? And or getyournewview.com. Yep. Awesome. All right, Jeff. This podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Always, always a blast and really great questions. I appreciate it. All right. And it's over again.